Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of Sports with Friends. This is episode 393. And if you're listening to this podcast on the day it's released, which I don't know how many of you do, because I don't listen to podcasts the day they're released. Sometimes I do, uh, if I can. Today, we're releasing this episode on International Women's Day. This is part of Women's History Month, the month of March. This is also my first podcast as a 49-year-old. It was my birthday this past weekend. Last year, we did an entire month of only female guests. They were former United States Tennis Association President Katrina Adams, National Lacrosse League host, now she's a big Philly sports superstar, Devin Caney, uh, basketball announcer, Wizards announcer, and Washington Mystics announcer, Christy Winter-Scott, NHL Chief Marketing Officer and Senior Vice President, uh, Heidi Browning, uh, Deadspin writer, Julie DeCaro, uh, adult film stars turned sports broadcaster, Lisa Ann. We had all those women in a row, and I got challenged on s- social media, would the numbers go down if I was only having female guests, and they actually went up. So I was inspired by that. I am a proud girl dad. I have two amazing daughters. And because last week, John Forsland had to reschedule, and we were doing Lisa Guerrero in February, uh, I thought about rearranging and seeing if Lisa could do the first week in March and we could try it again. But it was too hard. So we're not dedicating the entire month of March to only female guests. We're going to try to have female guests. We have the next two weeks guaranteed, and we'll see about the rest of the month of March. We have had plenty of Olympians over the course of the almost 400 episodes of the podcast. I guess the most famous Olympian that we've had on the show is Allie Raisman, the the skater. Uh, We've also had McLean Ward. Uh, We've had Adeline Gray and Helen Maroulis, the wrestlers. Olympic medalist Edwin Moses. Bodie Miller, Olympic champion. We are no stranger to the Olympics. I worked a couple of the Olympics, 2016, uh, the Rio Games, and uh, PyeongChang 2018. Today, we are welcoming another Olympic medalist. Devin Logan is an American freestyle skier. She competed in three Olympic Games in 2014, 2018, 2014 in Sochi, 2018 in PyeongChang, In 2022, most recently in Beijing, she took silver medal in slope style in 2014. She's from Long Island. I had to quote Seinfeld. I'm not taking advice from some girl from Long Island, even though I married a girl from Long Island. And she recently took part in the U.S. Ski and Snowboard's first activation as part of its women's initiative called Heroic, a panel that took place at Killington Ski Club back in November as some of the most powerful women in the ski and snowboard industry discuss the newly launched initiative and its impact goals with the overall women's movement, along with the challenges women face, improvements that have been made, and general advice for those entering the ski and snowboard industry. It is also the beginning of March, and that means college basketball takes center stage in the sports world. It also takes center stage in the sports gambling world. We will find out about the conference tournaments with the latest odds with the head odds maker at BovadaSportsbook.com, Patrick Morrow, who, by the way, last night I got to attend the Toronto Maple Leafs-New Jersey Devils game with, and we actually recorded our segment in person. 
So, the, so we'll look forward to hearing that in just a little bit. And as promised, we welcome in another Olympian here on the show. It is an honor to welcome Devin Logan to the podcast. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, I always feel like every time I'm talking to Olympian, I feel like I'm talking to royalty. I don't know why I feel that. I just do. Um, once you have like the Olympic experience in you, do you walk with a different swagger? Like, do you have a little, do you stick out your chest a little more? Um, it kind of depends on the day and what you're doing, I guess, for myself, like doing Olympic events and things like that in the ski realm. I guess I walk a little bit taller and a little bit like, yeah, you know, like I did this, I'm happy for my accomplishments, but at the same time, uh, I'm a female professional skier and so sometimes that gets overshadowed by even just male sports and just more more uh sports that are commonly known you know olympics happen every four years so we kind of pride ourselves into making it one to the olympics and if you're lucky you're taking home a medal too for team usa which is an amazing feeling but um yeah skiing's a niche sport so it's kind of not a lot of people know me, which I also appreciate as well, because I can live my normal lifestyle. <laughs> sure, I, I would I would imagine. So so as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, this podcast is coming out. If you're listening to this on the day it's released, uh, today is International Women's Day. Uh, it is part of Women's History Month, and you are our chosen guest for International Women's Day. Um we have done that in in the past. We've 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 done whole months where we've had only women's guests, and you know, to me, uh, women play a massive role in sports, whether it's a, from an athletic standpoint, from a broadcasting standpoint, from a writing standpoint. You know, I I, I don't know I don't know the 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 uh, the ratio of how many women we've had in the almost four hundred uh, guests on this on this podcast. But uh, what what's the significance of that? You, you know, you referenced. Uh, being a, a female uh, athlete uh, for Team USA, what what is the significance of that representing not only your country, but your gender? Well, first, I'm honored to be the, be the guest on the International Women's Day. If we That's had you next an... week, we don't even have this topic to talk about. I know. Um, but no, that is a good question because I've been in skiing. I've started skiing when I was two years old and started growing up basically following the boys being, you know, entering competitions where I'm one of two or I'm the only woman in sport to now having a career and seeing the progression of just not even skiing in general, but women's sports in general has been taking off. And it's, you know, about time that it's happened. Um, And women backing women, women owned businesses, medias, um, just women owning sports teams, like everything is just going off. And the more social media I'm seeing and the more backing of just women across the world getting behind each other has been phenomenal, just that support system. And now being able to see, um, you know, when you're little and you're looking and you're interested in sports and you're watching TV, now these younger generations of girls are seeing more women hold positions in that. So it it seems more achievable than what it was. And that's awesome to see like, hey, anything's possible. You want to work in uh, a male sport, but be a female um, PT or weight training coach, like it's possible. And just having those ceiling shattered for the next gener- 
generation of females coming up in sports or writing about sports or anything included um it's you know going to be a game changer and being a part of team USA being a female I think the last Olympic Games I went to in Beijing in 2022 I yep. think um the females held majority of the spots on all of team USA we're the biggest one of the biggest countries to represent in the Olympics and for more than 50% to be women and come home with medals and accolades. It's um, again, just, it just shows how much we're growing as females within the world and just claiming our, you know, it's, it's about equality and now giving the platforms and everything. It's just, it's great to see that, you know, people are actually getting recognition, male, female, just being good at a, at a sport or good at their jobs. Just to, to play off of what you said, you know, growing up, you're the youngest of, of five. Um, and when I was reading about you, your older brothers, some of your older brothers are professional skiers as, as well. Um, but that had nothing to do with the fact that there were more opportunities for them. Like if you were older, you know, you had the ability, you could have been, uh, it, it just so happens that they are older than you so that, they became professionals before you. Do, you. do you think that that if you were older, that you would have had that opportunity as well? Um, I think so, because um, I'm the youngest of five, but my I actually have two older sisters above my two older brothers. So, you know, they definitely mm. paved a way for me, even if I was older than my brothers. My sisters went to um went to college on softball scholarships, NCAA titles in softball, and they have, you know, recognition of their own. And Are your parents like also- Amazons or something? <laughs> My mom and dad were really athletic, but, you know, I think with the five of us, they kind of gave an outlet for them to, like, get rid of Goodness. us at the same time. <laughs> um, but, no, yeah, I think, you know, even if I was older, I would still choose sports in a certain way, um, you know, if I wasn't a skier, I'd say I wanted to go to college on either like a soccer scholarship or something like that. Um, I don't have the cardio for that. Turns out I found out, <laughs> but, uh, you know, sports are just, it's a foundation and it is, has definitely given me so much characteristics in my life outside of sports that I utilize that. So it's, it's pretty phenomenal. So when you share the podcast and your friends listen to this, they're going to laugh at this next question. But for the people who regularly listen to sports with friends, they're going to know exactly what I'm asking. Um, how do you choose freestyle skiing? You've competed in events like half pipe and slope style. How do you know that those are events that you are particularly good at uh, versus other skiing, um, regular skiing, alpine <laughs> skiing? <laughs> you know, the, the, the bunny slopes, uh, I, how, how do you, how do you, how do you know what you're particularly good at? How do you find that out? Yeah, I actually don't think that's a weird question to ask a skier. Cause I've been asked that many of times. So oh, good. growing up, um, you know, watching the Olympics, um, I grew up watching peekaboo street. She's, uh-huh. um, a legendary Alpine downhill skier and watching her go fast ever since I learned how to ski, maybe till six years old, I wanted to be peekaboo street header, like posters up in my bedroom. I just wanted to go fast. Like who turns on skis? I'm just going (laughs) to just go straight down the hill. But um, also having older brothers that were skiers and on kind of the weekend ski team that I grew up in in Mount Snow, Vermont, um, 
there was kind of a, a beef between alpine skiers and free skiers. So they weren't going to let their little sister be an alpine skier. And I think now looking back on it, logically, it would be quite difficult for my parents to like split us all up and mm. go to competitions each weekend. Um, so I kind of got right. My... Cause it's not like a rink and a, and a, and a court. It's like mountains. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're traveling, especially a kid from Long Island. We're traveling up four and a half hours to Mount Snow, Vermont every weekend. And then luckily that progressed into more uh, like academies and things like that as we got better. But um, yeah, I kind of got my hand forced into freestyle skiing and started doing moguls and big airs um, and then found out, you know, was going to competitions. It was kind of the same price if not cheaper to do moguls big air half pipe slopes down my parents were like we're here for the weekend you might as well do everything like be a well versed skier yeah. uh, and then I just kind of didn't want to do backflips in the moguls at like 12 to 15 years old I was just not feeling it and feeling more of the park and so that's kind of how I, I made my decision of being specific to half pipe and slope style and you know, was growing up watching the X Games and Sarah Burke and she was doing everything. So I wanted to do everything. And it, it just kind of snowball effect from there. And yeah, then a career and three Olympics happened. It was crazy. It's nuts. Uh, it's it's absolutely nuts. Um, the three Olympics that you, you did, you did Sochi in 2014. Uh, and then you did my favorite uh, Pyeongchang in 2018. I say that my favorite and anybody who remembers any of the Olympic podcasts we did. Uh, so I worked two Olympics. I worked uh, 2016 Rio uh, for Westwood One and 2018 Pyeongchang. Um, and don't get me wrong, uh, I didn't go to Pyeongchang. Uh, I went to a room with no windows in New York City uh, where I did radio uh, updates all over the country for the Olympics. And I got a really cool shirt that says Pyeongchang. Uh, but that's literally it. That's 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 my that's my Olympic experience. So I can say I worked in Olympics. Uh, if you say, hey, wasn't the uh, atmosphere in Pyeongchang great? I could say I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> the closest I got, I literally it was I do the pizza place on the corner. That was uh, that, that was uh, about it uh, as far as that is concerned. Tell me about the uh, heroic panel and the uh, the Killington Cup and your involvement in this activation uh, that took place uh, a couple of months ago uh, that was to promote women's sports in, or women in skiing? Yeah, so um, I actually just recently retired after the Beijing Games. So um, I got younger than me. You retired? <laughs> yeah, I retired from my first job. And now I'm going through an identity crisis trying yeah. to figure out what I'm going to do next. But shuffleboard? that's a whole nother play story. Shuffleboard? Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, uh, you know, I had the backing of support from parents and my brothers and sisters. So I'm finishing up school this year to get a degree in communication. So I've done some journalism nice. myself. I just worked for my uh, hostess podcast. The Westminster Forum. Yeah, I actually, you talk about podcasts, and I had a, I had a beat where I had to do a podcast, and I know all nice. about the editing and sound. So <laughs> I understand where you're coming from. Good. Um, but while I'm finishing up school, um, I. I got the opportunity to continue working with the ski team part-time as the athlete gift officer for free ski uh, on the foundation. So uh, a lot of people don't know this, but the United States is pretty much the only country that isn't government funded for their Olympic and Paralympic athletes. Okay. So national govern governing bodies like the ski and snowboard team based out of here in Park City, where I live, 
um, all of the donors that we bring on, all their donations go directly to the athletes and the success of the athletes to get them to where they want to be. So you can see them every four years on your screen at the Olympics and hopefully bringing home medals. So um, being an athlete and knowing how I, that funding helped me now in my retirement, my goal is to bring on other donors and express how much those donations benefit athletes about, you know, it could take them to another training camp. It can um, provide PTs all season long, um, things that athletes need and what a lot of people don't see behind the, the behind the closed doors and what sure. gets us to be the most elite in the world. So um, that's been a great opportunity to know the organization outside of being an athlete, but still being close with athletes to communicate that. Um, we actually just raised money for free ski. Um, a nice donor here in Park City hosted a party and we raised over $275,000 for athletes so that our next quad. And when we talk about Olympics and skiing, we refer to everything in four years, the next years, quad. Right. So it's kind of also crazy people asking you, hey, what are you going to do in four years? And you're like, I don't know. What are you doing in four years? Let me, <laughs> you know. Um, so it's definitely thinking about the future and what we can provide to athletes in the future. So um, this actually heroic panel is awesome. It's something that stems from the uh, Stiefel um, Alpine team. Okay. The Stiefel uh, yeah, the Stiefel U.S. ski team. Um, so Killington is one of our domestic um, competitions that's held on U.S. soil, which is huge. We only have two or three maybe that where international athletes come here and compete. So um, I think Killington is known for their tech events, slalom. A lot of people go there to see Michaela Schifrin um and I've heard of her. her success yeah right just the just the one and only Michaela Schifrin who's breaking so many records this year which is outstanding um Whatever, but dude. giant slalom and slalom um but this panel since it is a female competition hosted in Killington the the ski team thought it would be a great great option to host a heroic panel talking about women in sports and kind of bringing everything through that. I haven't personally been to the one in Killington, but I was just at the okay. one in Palisades Tahoe for the men's um, Stiefel oh, downhill. That's, that's gorgeous there. Yeah. It, it dumps snow too. So the fact that they got the event off was outstanding and it was awesome to have a free skier watch some alpine events because that doesn't happen too often our our schedules don't overlap and we're at many different places so did you was... see when they uh a couple of years ago during the covid uh hockey year in 2020 they had the, the like their winter classic in lake yeah. tahoe that was so sweet that was that yeah. was so awesome like the visuals of that was so neat yeah i mean skiing out west is just being an just east coast yeah. kid it's just a whole different ball game, the mountains and things like that, you know, coming from hills to mountains, it's intimidating, but um, yeah, it was beautiful. They were able to get the vent off, but I was fortunate enough to um, speak on that panel with a uh, former Alpine athlete, Julia Mancuso and uh, two mm. other panelists. So yeah. More with the uh, great Olympian Devin Logan in just a moment, but first this is the first week in the first full week in March 
And that means college basketball, and that means conference tournaments. Let's take a look at a couple of those, plus some NFL news with the head odds maker at Bovada, Patrick Morrow. And Patrick, first of all, we're in person. That is a treat. The ACC tournament in Greensboro, North Carolina, the ACC's had a down year, and there's not as many at-large bids. How much does that change the way this tournament is perceived by betters? Seth, I think what makes this tournament uh, very cool uh, each year, but especially this year, is uh, how meaningful these games are, how many teams will be playing, because they won't have those automatic bids come March. There are so many teams that will be playing for their March lives that are hoping to avoid the NIT, and maybe for some of these teams not naming anyone specific Syracuse. Uh, the NIT might be all they have going for them. We're not even eligible for the NIT. Not a nope, nope. The NIT said no thanks. The only chance Syracuse can even continue is they have to win four games, and that's not happening. So uh, any listeners who are thinking about placing a bet, bet this. Syracuse not winning. <laughs> and that will not pay much, Seth, because right now Syracuse is currently 100-1 to win the ACC tournament. Uh, I'd have to say some of the more interesting teams right there is Duke. Duke, who's finally found themselves back in the rankings, the AP Top 25 rankings, after a really slow start to the season. John Shire's first year, Coach Shevsky off to the sidelines. Duke really took some time to find their way, but they are actually the favorite to win the ACC tournament at Bavada. They are plus 250. They are taking the most amount of money so far, so they're kind of being seen as a team on the rise right now, something to watch for for sure. All the conference tournaments can be found on the website, but let's take a look at the SEC tournament. Now, this is one where Auburn comes into play. This is a legitimate national title contender. What is the action for Auburn betters? Is it a futures bet on the NCAA tournament, or is it something for the conference tournament? You know what, Seth? It's pretty wide-ranging, and uh, again, a really interesting tournament with a lot of different narratives going in a different direction. We have Auburn that has been good all season, Alabama that wasn't expected to be as good as they are and now have some controversy surrounding the program right now. Tough loss against Texas A&M the past weekend, but still a very good team, both by the odds and by the analytics. And I would say, similar to what we've seen in the ACC and Duke starting to come on late, we have seen Kentucky come out of nowhere. A lot of people calling for Coach K's job at the beginning of the year. Very, very slow start. And they're now a team that's looking like they could be a real March dancer. I'd say they're the most intriguing of all the SEC teams. You can get them at 5-1 to one at Bavada. I think they're the most interesting bet out there so far. But again, a really wide open tournament. And a lot of teams like Arkansas, who's taken a step back this year after some good March runs, that maybe need a really good run in that tournament if they want to have a pretty good lifespan throughout the rest of March. In the NFL, free agent quarterbacks is always something that a lot of people in the gambling world take a look at. Derek Carr to the Saints, a lot of people didn't have that in their pools. Uh, what is the ramifications? How does that change the Saints' outlook? And then, of course, what is the also other ramifications if Aaron Rodgers is on the move? Yeah, so Seth, we once again find ourselves, uh, as much as we're looking at March Madness, as much as we're looking at the Combine and trying to prep for the draft, uh, with free agent QBs and in a league that is so QB-driven, uh, we've got to be on top of uh, not just Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, and oh my goodness, I think Tom Brady again, I just saw a tweet. But uh, what we've seen in the odds so far, we've seen the Saints move from 40 to 1 down to 30 to 1. We have seen the Packers' odds kind of drift higher a little bit, as it does appear to be a little bit more likely that he is on his way out. However, we've seen this story before. This seems to be an annual thing with him. So the Packers are currently 33 to 1. If he leaves, they will jump as high as 50 to 1. If he stays, they will drop 20 to 1. So they're kind of stuck in the middle right now. 
and that's a good context point for betters if they're waiting to make a move. I would say the other interesting team out there is the New York Jets. They have been mentioned as a potential landing spot. That is a team with a lot of talent offensively, except at the QB position. If they are able to get Aaron Rodgers, they will dip inside the teens of the futures odds. However, they are currently sitting in limbo at 25 to 1 at Bavada. That is Patrick Morrow. It's so cool to see Patrick Morrow in the flesh. This is the first time after two years of having him on the podcast. Now back to our conversation with Olympian Devin Logan. What, what are the biggest hurdles, I guess, now? Awareness is there. Um, I do want to ask you, I'll, I'll put a pin in, I do want to ask you about the access like streaming services and social media and all that, that kind of stuff. But what, what are the biggest challenges now for women skiing? Because I, I would be naive if I thought I knew what it was. Um, the biggest challenge, I mean, like you said, we've gotten over so many hurdles. We have uh, equal pay, which is amazing. Um, yeah, I think definitely getting to being the broadcasting um, is a whole nother conversation. But I think female athletes and female skiing specifically, you had the Lindsey Vaughn that broke the barriers. Now you have the Michaela Schifrin specifically in Alpine. On cross country, you have Jesse Diggins breaking records, becoming world champion, um, snowboard, free ski. Um, we just had a free ski 18-year-old win world championships in Georgia for half pipe. So we're getting over these hurdles. And I think the awareness and the support of other women, but I think it's just a matter of time. Um, and I don't think that's going to be long because you're seeing it on social media, different platforms, the Chloe, the Chloe Kim's, excuse me, um, you know, together media. She did Um, very well in uh, Pyeongchang. Yeah, she does very well. Anytime she steps on a snowboard, she's so talented. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think there's much, much else that needs. It's just, it's just waiting for it to happen in my eyes, which is awesome. And I wanted to put context. I made a, a a joke about Michaela Schifrin. She's become like a rock star. Like she's kind of transcended the sport. And I think it's important to have athletes like that. Like you mentioned, Lindsey Vaughn, like uh, Chloe Kim. Like it's important to have uh, people who are known not just for their sport. You know, um, a lot of the times in a lot of uh, circumstances, uh, you know, we've had different types of uh, Olympians on the podcast. Like uh, we've had Ellie Raceman, but we had McLean Ward, like only equestrian people know who McLean Ward is, but McLean Ward is like the tiger woods of equestrian. You know what I mean? But only equestrian people know that, you know, like that's the c- kind of thing. And I think that if, if athletes like that can expose a sport, then it's just better for everyone. And look, you could say it on this podcast if you want. I've heard she's really nice. (laughs) Like she's not an asshole. So as long as that's the case, then we're good. No. And, and all these women in sports are just a great representation, not only in their sport, but on the sidelines, what they're doing and how they're promoting and how they're giving back. I mean, Michaela is a sweetheart, um, you know, especially after her dad's Like an easy person to root for. Yeah, exactly. And she, she is such a competitor, but the camaraderie too that you see after a race even after 
her not winning, not getting on the podium. She still has a smile on her face. She still gives a great interview. She's honest and she's really relatable. And I think that's anything people are looking for when they're looking at all these action sports athletes, but professional athletes is like, Hey, they're actually relatable. You know, they've, they've gone through their own struggles, but they're also giving back. I mean, her, she's come up with the Jeff Schifrin resilience fund now for the U S ski and snowboard team, giving back to athletes and their needs. So it's, you know, it's, I feel a lot of, and this might be like my motto, but it shows how you come back from something, how you, you know, react to something bad that shows what type of person you are. You can have all the wins in the world, but yeah, if you're an asshole, no one's going to like you, but it's what you do off the hill and how you react to those poor moments that really show your character and your personality. Totally. And you know, that's one of the things that I've noticed from my personal experience. What I try to do is base my opinions of athletes based on, personal experiences you know because you don't want to just base it on what other people say athletes are because you know perception is not always reality i always debate this when it comes to uh when you you call it a niche sport i think that's a a a good way to describe it uh with streaming uh services the way they are uh everyone has access to everything so if i am a skiing fan i can access every race uh, i somehow i might have to pay for it but i can find it somewhere somehow i can watch it what i the way i learned that uh as a cord cutter uh i got into a couple seasons ago i got into the premier league the english premier league mm-hmm. and go it, arsenal oh yeah wait you're an arsenal fan yeah especially uh, their women's team too if we're talking yeah, about just women in sports th- no kidding so oh, yeah i'm a big sports fan that's crazy. and i'm a new yorker so i'm like <laughs> i yeah, got I, opinions I, I, too <laughs> I, did, I did have a long island joke that we were going to save for the end um so arsenal so the story with arsenal um my wife's uh family she has like first cousins who live over there in in england and when you know i've been married 15 years and they are all season ticket holders like they are mega fans and that's always been nice. I've always kept it at a distance. And when I got rid of cable and I started subscribing to streaming services, I started watching the Premier League. And why Why does anybody adopt a team? You adopt a team because of family. Like, that's that's why do people become Giant, Giants fans or Jets fans or whatever fans? That's how you, how you adopt a team. And I became a big Arsenal fan. This is my second season watching Arsenal. I have the jersey over hanging over there. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a gunner. That's that. That's crazy. That's yep. that's why we could have done this whole podcast about that. <laughs> I got someone else for you to talk to. If uh, who's a huge women's women's Arsenal fan, but Arsenal fan, um, nice. former Olympian and New Yorker as well too. So and she'll give you a run for your money on uh, on sports. She knows everything too. So. <laughs> that uh that um uh I, I i you know i i follow the women's game but i've been seeing uh the, the men's game this uh bukayo saka is my saka is my favorite he's he so good something else yeah he, I, I, he's amazing and did you watch that uh that amazon documentary it when loved, he was talking to those kids with them all the time yeah oh my god he is so and he's like 21 
talk about having a good head on your shoulders, you know? Oh my God. I, yes. It's so weird. Uh, You know, in my jaded, you know, I have this like 30 year broadcasting career. I'm like, I I don't have any sports heroes anymore, but I'm, he's become my sports hero. Like, and now he's in that new balance commercial and I laugh every time. I'm like, that's my guy. Yeah. I feel like that Amazon, um, show is kind of the real life ted lasso that's how i felt and i was like you know what i'm here for this and then i I started watching other teams but it wasn't as good i was like you know i'm really committed to arsenal like even more now so totally totally i'm trying to get someone from arsenal on the podcast uh because they have all those international breaks you know, when they break, they, they, they take like two weeks off for like no reason in the middle of a season. And there's always like 10 guys that don't go. And I'm trying to get an Arsenal player on the podcast. That would oh, be, wow. that'd be awesome. Amazing. I will have to share that with you. <laughs> Please to, do. Yes, you'll have to hear uh, when, when, when we do, um, we could have been doing Arsenal this whole time. I'm so angry. That is uh, that, for that next awful. time. <laughs> All right. Um, take me to uh, the medal. Uh, you have a bronze medal. In in the Olympics, I have a silver medal. Oh, hold on! I want to say that better. Hold on. No, it's okay. You have a silver medal in the Olympics. Uh, take me to the day, and just take me through like when you're doing that run. When you finish that run, do you know? Wow, that's better than I normally do. Is that like? Was there something special about that day that you know that for somebody who does it as often as you do, was there something significant about that day different other than you got the medal? Um, It's funny because when I think back on the day, that day I can remember pretty much like very specific details throughout the day of like, I don't know. It it brings back all these emotions and, you know, I just got goosebumps as you're like introing it, but because I can relive that day and it's, it's weird. There's nothing like significant that I can think of where I was like, oh, I know, but the morning started out weird. I'm normally a competitor. I listen to music. A lot of skiers either listen to music to get inspired, to feel a certain way. I feel like whatever music I'm listening to, it like shows in my style of skiing. So I'm a big advocate for music and kind of just drowning out the noise. And it's my own kind of pre-competition, in-competition to just what not think about What did you listen to that things. day? Um, I listened to a DMX. X gonna give it to you. It gets oh me hum- bumped up. I bark a little bit. You know, I'm in like <laughs> the start gate, like moving and flowing. Um, you know, I think too. I I joke that I say I have song ADD, so I like restart it, restart it. They're like two more minutes, so I'm like restarting it. I'm singing. My coach is next to me. He's like, they know like I know the game plan, so there's no talking. It's just like a fist bump, and you're good to go. But that morning walking to the hill, like, I don't really get, like, too nervous. It's, like, more excitement. But I, like, remember dry heaving. I was like, oh, I got a burp. And then I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to puke and nothing happened. I was like, well, that was weird. Like, maybe I'm just on the biggest stage of my life right now. So I'm just going (laughs) to continue on with my day. Um, But that day we had um, qualifiers and finals within the same day. And that's pretty unusual in our sport we kind of have qualifiers then we have a day off 
to reset. Um, so you have two qualifying runs and they take the best score out of the two and they rank you. Um, I believe that they took the top 12 women and they move on to finals. Um, it was actually really hot in Sochi that day in the mountains. Like mm -hmm. I was skiing in a sweatshirt um, and it started getting like pretty mushy out like the snow. It was like mashed potatoes. When you're walking, you're not staying on top. You're like sinking and your pants are getting a little wet. Um, so that adds in some factors with speed, especially um, mm -hmm. having enough speed to clear all these jumps and landings and carrying it on throughout the run. But we had a break. Um, I made it into finals. I can't even remember actually what position I qualified in, which now thinking about that is kind of weird that I just like block that out. <laughs> it's um, nine years ago. It's okay. Yeah. Right. Um, but my mom was there, which was huge. It was my first Olympics. It was like the first time she flew in like 15 years on a plane. Uh, my sister went into labor like the day before. So my my nephew was born, um, found that out. So it was just like bomb after bomb. But your mom um, hadn't gone on a, on a plane and the first place she goes to is Sochi. Yeah, exactly. I was like, wow. you're coming. Like, I'll like, I don't care if you're scared of flying. Like, you got to be there. Like, this might also be the only time I make it to the Olympics, you know, so oh someone's got to be there. I remember taking my first run and I landed it and, you know, just like relief happens and you just throw sure. up your arms like I did it like I <laughs> at least I put one run down like thank god I feel better now going into run two a little less pressure yeah, yeah. but and then I got the standings I think someone else came before me and I knew I was in second going into second run and I was like okay like based on where I am I can watch you know some girls take their second run and kind of strategy like see where I am what I need to do what I need to produce um my wax tech was like I remember we have a funny funny relationship but he's like what do you need from my skis you want more like more speed you want me to brush them out and I was like don't touch them <laughs> he was like okay <laughs> I was like I got this you know and I'm actually like one of the bigger girls so it being warm and slow and slushy out I knew that I could just go straight I don't need to make turns and I can get over these jumps and that kind of plays to an advantage too with gravity and your height and your weight that like clearing hmm. these jumps um and then yeah I think I was dropping like knowing that I was gonna even if someone bumped me I was gonna get a bronze medal and I turned to the girl uh Dara Howe who's from Canada and, and we're pretty good friends too because it's a close-knit group you can't have enemies and en enemies on the ski tour because it's just you know everyone and I think she was in gold and I was just like yo we did it <laughs> I was like you're an Olympic gold medalist like holy <laughs> shit like are you kidding me right That's now awesome. and then just like knowing that I had a second run but I was like okay I'm gonna like put it down again like I'm gonna try to give her a run for her money of course because everyone wants gold but I think on the last jump, I, yeah, it was, it was slushy by the time you're dropping like pretty far in the day late and everything. I didn't, I didn't have speed for the last jump. I came up short. So I like, I ended up falling, but I was like at the top of the landing and I like caught an edge coming in. So I was like sliding down on my belly and I did like a penguin slide. So I have like a classic photo of me, like penguin sliding down a landing, but just being like 
a smile on my face because I knew I I did it and then it's just like whirlwind like you got to stay here here's an olympic flag like we're doing them like a podium right here and then you go through all the journalists like back and forth switchbacks you know (laughs) like just talking to everyone and then I finally saw my mom and it's just all hits and I'm not a crier but yeah I yeah you lose it right I weeped into my mom's shoulders and She's like, there's too many barricades. Like, I don't want to get in trouble. And I was like, You're, you better oh jump God, over these. Like, are you serious right now? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that what day great was, experience. was great. And like, yeah, remembered going to the press conferences after. It was like, I won my medal probably a week before my 21st birthday. So they're like, what do you want to do for your birthday? And I was like, I want to go to Vegas. Like, let's <laughs> this. Like, Hopefully this gains traction and someone takes me to Vegas, but I did have a Vegas party for my 21st birthday. Um, Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's great. (laughs) That's awesome. That was better than I, that I was hoping, you know what I mean? (laughs) That's great. That's a great story. Uh, That's, that's fantastic. You know what I, as I'm listening to it, I, 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 I didn't realize the temperature part of you know i'm not a skier so i didn't realize how important temperature is you know you think you're on a mountain with snow it's cold like you just assume that it's cold but that plays a role in how you approach you know your run and that that mm-hmm. matters um you know it, it's funny that as you're saying it it reminded me i mean this was this has to be like five years ago we've been doing this podcast since 2015 so uh it's been a while uh, but we had Adeline Gray, one of my favorite people on the face of the earth, Adeline Gray. She's a wrestler. Yeah, I know her through Women's Sports Foundation. I've actually oh. met her before. Oh, yeah. She's an angel. I, I love her. I adore her. I know we wrap the podcast usually talking about social media, um, but I do have one one tangential uh, question. And that is uh, today, again, if you're listening to this in the future, uh, tell me how the flying car is. When we talk about International Women's Day, is it to celebrate women or is it to fight for what women don't have? That's a good one. Not my first I think it's definitely International Women's Day being within Women's History Month is definitely a coincidence to celebrate women, celebrate the past, but also celebrate what we're going to be gaining in the future, celebrate all women, all women in sports, all women of color in sports, all women in general, what they do, being a woman is fucking hard, <laughs> especially yeah. you add in social media, how you should dress, how you need to look, what you need to eat, how you need to wear your makeup or not wear makeup or, you know, you're just being pulled into so many directions, celebrating moms, moms are crazy, people having yeah. babies and wanting to have babies and not being able to like, there's so many different factors oh. that being a woman, you should be celebrated and we don't get celebrated daily, but, you know, making it a point to celebrate, but also, yeah, we got to keep lifting each other up. We need to keep fighting for one another because nothing happens when you stop, you know, you got to keep going. You got to keep telling people, you know, why you're awesome. And like, that's self-confidence too, right there. Like just being proud of yourself and knowing that you know, it's not bragging. You're just, it's stating facts. (laughs) Um, so I think it's a little bit of both, but definitely 
more celebrating, celebrating our victories or small victories and all that personally. Um, but yeah, women rock. <laughs> it's yeah, they do. I mean, they... I'm biased for sure, but like, <laughs> no, like you, you, again, you need to use these types of things to talk about that and like who knows who's listening and who needs to hear it and who it inspires because those are the little things that, you know, matter to me. It's a thrill to have you uh, on the podcast. You mentioned social media. Uh, it can be an absolute uh, toxic cesspool. Um, and for women, I, I, I can just imagine, um, you know, I'm I'm monitoring it from a distance. I have a 14-year-old. I have two daughters, 14 and 11-year-old. Um, Godspeed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's your thought on how social media has either been a, a benefit is it a train wreck for you do you hate it do you love it and how can people who hear you and hear your amazing stories uh how can they reach out to you i mean it's something being a professional athlete you have obligations to post now that i'm who, who's ob- making you obligated to to post who to is there like a I mean, like, like a when, Wizard of Oz kind of figure? <laughs> no, but I mean, when when it comes down to it, having personal sponsors and things uh, like okay. that to to fund my skiing and represent companies and brands, you know, sometimes there are legal obligations to, you know, you gotta at least post a little bit of this or, you sure. know, do that for promotion. Um, so there was definitely times when it was felt forced and unorganic um and it definitely being a professional athlete feeling like you need to keep up an image and promote yourself um I personally um now being retired don't post as often because it's kind of a nice break a a mental break always being that person to post and feeling judged and looking at how many likes you get versus other people's and just feeling down about yourself and you know, it definitely, you need a break. Um, but I think I'm the funniest person in the world. So when I post, I'm normally (laughs) writing captions and I'm just laughing at myself because unless you know me and know my personality, it definitely doesn't come off. Just if you're, if you're a follower, you kind of got to know me and like hear it in my tone of like the caption. Um, but I definitely like to post things that are relatable. You know, we see social media and we only see the good things and like what you only post what you want people to see. And it's being that raw and organic and maybe posting things that mean a little bit more or kind of start a conversation or start your thoughts of like, oh, okay, not everything you see here is real and just Mm -hmm. being your true authentic self. And I think being able to showcase that on a platform, follow me. Devin Logan. Uh, I'm not posting that often, but you know, I, I think I'm hilarious and I post stories of just my days and stuff like that. Everything from being a college, <laughs> being a 12 year college uh, student <laughs> to, you huh. know, going snowmobiling and things like that, or, or my cat, <laughs> cause she's really cute. Are but, you more um, of an Instagram person, not a Twitter person? Yeah, I don't really tweet. Uh, I feel like that's kind of the dying platform. I am getting to the age of 30 now where I'm not doing b-reels where my friends are like do b-reels and I'm like I just don't need another platform I think Instagram's fine I definitely okay. scroll on TikTok that's where you'll but, share um, the podcast okay as long as you'll share the podcast <laughs> yeah but I'm also uh, a big foodie and inspiring private chef as well so I'm following a lot of recipes and trying to you know do my dining with d 
on Instagram to showcase another side of me that's not skiing and just food and things I like to eat. So. Well, this has been a treat. Continued success to you and uh, with whatever you're doing. And if you start a podcast, I'll subscribe to it. Uh, Definitely keep in touch and uh, congrats on all your success. Uh, Really enjoyed having you on the podcast and you're you're, you're welcome anytime. Next time, though, we're going to do just only on Arsenal. That's the only thing we're going to do. Oh, I know what I was supposed to ask you at the end. Um, are you from the, I, I, you don't have to give me the name of the town but I can figure out what part of Long Island you are by answering this one question uh, do you call it Strong Island <laughs> yes it is Strong Island yeah then I know exactly where you're from okay thanks where <laughs> <laughs> is that right yeah I'm from Rockville Center Oceanside my dad and all my family are in Garden City so Nassau County strong island (laughs) well thank you so much that was super fun and i i really enjoyed our conversation so so thanks that is devin logan uh thanks so much for listening folks uh we appreciate the support for the podcast make sure you leave a a nice kind word on the uh the itunes feed and then spotify however you listen to uh this particular show on whatever platform you enjoy we'll come up with another episode each and every week and on a wednesday and you listen at your leisure thanks for listening and uh, make sure you follow Devin Logan on social media. We'll see you next week. If you want me to stay, I'll be around today to be available for you to see. I'm about to go, and then you'll know for me to stay. I got to be me. You'll never be in doubt. That's what it's all about. Can't take me for granted and smile. Yeah, I'm crazy. I'm gone. Forget reaching me by phone. Because I promise I'll be gone for a while. When you see me again, I hope that you have been the kind of person that you really are now. You got to get in straight. How could I ever be late when you're my woman? Take my time.